Welcome to OOD Works, the podcast, a show about unique individuals and the services provided by Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities, the state agency that helps individuals with disabilities find a job and be more independent. Here's your host, Kim Jump. In this episode of OOD Works, I sit down with Don Coleman, a senior vocational rehabilitation counselor for our Bureau of Vocational Rehabilitation and Bureau of Services for the Visually Impaired. She's based in Toledo and serves an eight-county area. This month, we honor our counselors in recognition of National Rehabilitation Counselors Appreciation Day. It is an honor to be asked. It's a little out of my comfort zone, I'll admit that, but I do realize that I ask people that I work with to be out of their comfort zone every day, so... Um, I guess if I can ask other people, other people can ask me. <laughs> oh, I, I like that. That's that's a good attitude, and I guess that's that's really true in the work that you do. You are kind of pushing people outside of their comfort zone. And just the other day, I had a woman um, come to my office, and she she's blind, and she was using Sighted Guide with her job developer. And uh, Sighted Guide is done by holding onto someone's arm, and they guide you. And so I kind of encouraged her. Um, to be a little more independent and to use her cane with verbal direction to, you know, walk out of the OD office. And she did great. So I'm hoping next time I see her, she's using her cane and is a little bit more independent. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she yeah. did really well. Well, I started at OD a little, little over seven years ago. Um, prior to coming to OD, I worked at the Site Center of Northwest Ohio. And that's a nonprofit that provides services for people who are visually impaired. And so yeah. I've been working, yeah. So I've been working with OD for several years um, to help provide service to help services to help people um, become employed. And um, so I knew counselors and I knew supervisors at OD already. And then when a position opened, a counselor told me about it. And I have a master's degree in community counseling and I wanted to use those skills. And I also wanted to work directly with people. And we also had what, what back back then was a BRP3 um, program at the site center. So we actually had a contract with OOD to provide some vocational services. Um, and so I was the supervisor over that program at that time. So I kind of got a little bit of a taste then and then came to OOD and learned a lot more. <laughs> People are different and they come to you with, in different situations with different disabilities. You know, some people have had a stroke, some people have had a TBI through a terrible accident. And so I'm, I'm constantly kind of honing in my skills on um, how those um, incidents affect people. You kind of get to know them and, and start getting a sense for what their goals are and kind of their skills and abilities. Right, exactly, exactly. Along with what their limitations um, might be due to those like a, a TBI or traumatic brain injury or a stroke or or what have you. So you get mm -hmm. to learn about the whole person. The whole person. Yeah, I've I've heard other camp counselors use that expression, whole person. So maybe mm -hmm. for someone who hasn't heard that expression before, how would you describe that? Well, I guess I look at um, you know, what are their interests, what are their abilities, what's their work experience? You know, where, what do they want to do? Um, what are their limitations? You know, I work with a lot of people who are visually impaired 
So I'm always asking a lot of questions that I wouldn't ask someone else like, you know, are you able to um, do your laundry? Are you able to pour yourself um, water or make a meal on the stove when you're having problems seeing the dials on the stove? Mm -hmm. You know, can you pick out your clothes? Can you tell um, what color each thing is to know that you're matching them? So I'm constantly really asking those questions. I'm asking also, you know, can you, you know, get out to take a walk by yourself? Mm -hmm. When you go to the grocery store, can you see the aisles, the aisle names? Um, can you see the, the what's on the can? Can you tell a can of um, baked beans from a can of soup? And do you step, do you, do you uh, trip on curbs? Hmm. How do you do going up and down stairs? So I really ask a lot of questions to really know how they're functioning in their day-to-day -day world. You know, I really believe if you can't function independently in your day-to-day -day world, I can't ask them to be independent and function while at work. It's almost like sometimes until those pointed questions are asked, maybe it's never even occurred that, that there are limitations there. Exactly. You know, like this sense of, well, I'll, I'll just get by. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I have a perfect example of that. Um, I worked with a guy who um, is working and he had this little itty bitty magnifier. It was really small. Um, gosh, it was probably, it's like a little pocket and you had a couple of different sliding magnifiers in it. The magnifying part itself was probably about an inch round. So that's pretty small for a magnifier. Mm -hmm. And um, he, at work, he would hold it up to his eye really close with a piece of paper in that, that same hand. And he would read the piece of paper with one hand, holding the magnifier, holding the piece of paper, hold it up to his eye and read it. And then with the other hand, he's doing data entry at work. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm like you know, and that, and that worked for him. He he did he it worked for him, and he did well with that. Um, but he he came to us because he realizes that in order to be competitive in the workplace, and to be able to use both hands, there might be a better solution for that. They have what's called CCTVs, and a CCTV, it's a big screen. You can put some a piece of paper underneath it and uh, it will magnify all the print. So he could put a piece of paper under that CCTV, it would be magnified on that screen, and then he could look at the CCTV and then use both hands and do data entry. That's a game changer there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Wow. I wish he would have come to us sooner because I think right. um, he could have you know, been doing maybe more things at work. So now, you know, if he'll be able, he'll probably be more productive and um, may be able to take on more work um, and increase his skills and be able to move further in the company. I mean, who knows what that could right. do. Opens the possibilities for him. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. The needs of people with vision impairments are a little different. So that makes my job different. Um, it, there's a lot more technology involved when you're when you're working with someone with a vision impairment um, because most of the time they need either software that magnifies uh, on the screen if they have a job that involves the computer so you have to 
figure out, you know, do they need ZoomText, which is a software that magnifies, or, you know, are they looking at um, a screen reader software that reads everything for them, such as JAWS? So you have to, you have to figure that out. You have to figure out whether or not they uh, require magnifier, magnifiers or a CCTV, like I was talking about. Um, you also have to look at, like I said before, like how, how are they functioning at home? Can they pick out clothing for an interview and have it match? And um, can they make their lunch? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it depends um, on how much training they've had, when they've lost their vision. I think the other thing that I see a lot more with people with vision impairments is, depending upon when they've lost their vision, is um, a loss of hope or unbelief that they can still work. I've had that happen quite often. So mm -hmm. you're kind of mm -hmm. you're kind of dealing with some um, loss issues, grief issues, and so I've sent some people for just dis disability adjustment counseling. Yeah, so I think those are are very unique, and there's just a lot more services involved if they do need those things. And also orientation and mobility training may, um, training with a white cane that might might also be involved. So there's some things that we need to do sometimes in order to get a person with a vision impairment ready to work. There's always something new coming out and the iPhones, the iPads, I think those have been really helpful for people uh, with vision impairments. So there's always new things coming out. It's it's pretty awesome actually. There's a that you like best about what you do? I would say I just really like um, seeing somebody get a job and meet their goal because I think work is so important and it gives people a sense of purpose. Um, it really just changes their lives and I get to be a small part of that. It really is life-changing work. Yes, yes, and that's what I really um, enjoy about it. I guess I just think, you know, when you asked me the question, what does it mean to you to work with people with disabilities? And when I thought about that question, I, was, I remembered um, back to a book that I had to read in college and it was called No Pity, People with Disabilities Forging a New Civil Rights Movement by, movement by uh, Joseph Shaparo. That book is like 300 and some pages long. I had to write a report on it, but it was just so fascinating because you just don't really know as, as someone without a disability that the struggles that people have had to go through over the years you know, not being able to get into buildings, not being able to take public transportation, being isolated. There's just so many challenges that people with disabilities have had to face. You know, I don't think we're there yet as a society. And I think that is one of um, our jobs as voc vocational rehabilitation counselors is to educate. Um, I try to do that also with people that I'm working with. You know, if they use if they use JAWS, which is that screen reading software, or they use um, ZoomText, which is the magnification software, you know, I really encourage them to take their laptop to the interview with them. When there's an opportunity to show the person who's interviewing them that someone that's blind can use the computer. And I kind of feel like even if they don't get the job, at least they've educated that person sitting there. And so it'll change that misperception that people that are blind can't work. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had just last week, pretty amazing. It's like it gives me hope that maybe things are changing. I had two people get offered jobs last week where the company met them 
met the person and the person interviewed really well. And both of these people have great personalities. Both are visually impaired. And the company's um, job carved or they made a, a job for them. And they're like, we are gonna work with you. And we're gonna figure out exactly where your skill set is. And we are going to find work for you to do. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. It's like when you get an employer that is willing to work with someone with a disability and just really work with them and find out what their skill set is and um, what jobs they can do, it's like gold. Have a voice in Census 2020. National Census Day is coming April 1st. The census is a count of every person in the United States. Expect a postcard in the mail soon explaining how to participate. A full count of every Ohioan means money for schools, roads, and services. It's easy, safe, and important. Be counted, Ohio. Don, what's your caseload size like? Um, 65 to 75, typically somewhere in there. There might be, you know, some months I've got five people out in Williams County and a couple in Defiance and you know, it just, it really varies where the referrals come in. I just uh, go wherever they are. And I think it's just really important to listen to people because uh, you know, they come to us and they have fears. I see that a lot with people with vision impairments. They just don't know what the future can hold for them. If it does hold anything for them sometimes and um, it's important to just be present and to really take time with that person and make sure that they feel like a person not a number um, or a case if that makes sense yes just um kind of spend time with them and learn things you know about them from their point of view and um, even though we're working under deadlines and um, time frames that we need to meet, um, it's important to really put that person first. People would say that I partner with the people I work with. I collaborate with them. Um, it's not it's not like, you know, them coming to me and me kind of telling them what to do. It's very much um, a partnership and we make decisions together and, you know, I, I educate them. And, you know, I've been around this for a long time. So, I think I can provide hope to people. I've had many people that'll come to me, oh, I just lost my vision. There's no way I can work again. And so I really have to work with that and kind of provide them with a lot of examples. And I've worked mm -hmm. with a lot of people as peers, as supervisors, as, as people that I've supervised in my, in my career. So I know that people that are blind or visually impaired can work. I think I can exude that confidence to them because I know that what they're saying is not true. And I, I like to look at the whole person. I think that's another thing. Um, you know, it's that gaining independence again, like if they can't pick out clothes for themselves or can't make their lunch, you know, it's important to address those activities of daily living skills. I just really emphasize that as an important thing because again, it's that independence at home means independence at work. Is there a client over the years that, stands out in your mind that will probably always stick with you that you've served and I think there's many of those actually for me I mean he started with us in high school he went through college he obtained a bachelor's of science in uh, computer science and engineering technology 
um, and he's, he's totally blind. He was an Eagle Scout, really smart young man, great people skills. Um, and when he was in college, he had two internships that he excelled at. One, at one of them, he was able to, you know, do a bunch of the technological things like uh, creating databases, creating reports, and, and other things. And then the other internship, he actually uh, worked with a provider that provides services for us. So what was cool is that he helped other people with vision impairments get hired. Because he was so technological, um, he knew how to do scripting. And scripting is, it's a computer code that makes um, JAWS, which is that screen reading software. It kind of makes those, the JAWS and the company's um, software, if they have a database or something, someone wants to work at a particular company and the, the database, um, JAWS may not play nice in the sandbox with it, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. And so sometimes JAWS just doesn't read everything. So that scripting code, he can go in there and tell JAWS, hey, you got to look at this place in order to read it. So it'll make JAWS be able to read whatever software the company has, typically. So he did that for a couple people. Um, when he was during during that internship and so other people then could get hired on because he was able to do that scripting work. That is awesome. Yeah, so it really, you know, we provided services to him um, and helped him get the skills that he needed and then he turned around and he helped other people that are visually impaired by providing the services so they could get hired. It, it kind of went full circle. So I think that part, that was pretty cool when I thought about that question, that uh, he just really stands out to me in that way. Do you think there are any misconceptions about the field of vocational rehabilitation? I think a lot of people don't know this profession exists. Um, I kind of yeah. stumbled on it, you know, back in 99 when I started working at the site center and you kind of learn, you know, what a vocational rehab counselor is. But I don't even think you really understand it then there um, and you don't understand it until you get into OOD and you kind of see what we do. I think that there's a misconception with people with vision impairments that you have to also have a cognitive disability for some reason. I've had that happen recently and I just thought it was kind of interesting that they assumed that all of the services were for people with cognitive disabilities. And I thought that was really interesting. So I really had to educate on what we do and the services that, you know, we can provide for people that have vision impairment. Right. It's like when you find out what's out there, you're just, everyone's just amazed. It seems like that's so important to you is just that chance to help people know of their options. Exactly. That sense of hope and saying, hey, here are some possibilities. Right, right. That's the fun stuff. It must be exciting then for you to see the commitment by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine since taking office and the commitment to making Ohio a disability model employer and inclusive of individuals with disabilities as a state. Yes, and that speaks to right to the book that I was talking about, the No Pity People with Disabilities Forging a New Civil Rights Movement. It speaks right to that and in kind of taking Ohio forward so that it is inclusive and businesses feel comfortable or making their business an inclusive place to of employment. Well, Don Coleman, Senior Vocational Rehabilitation Counselor and Counselor for BSVI, 
It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure um, talking to you also. A transcript of today's episode is available at ood.ohio.gov forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. We're on social media at Ohio OOD. Do you have a disability? Do you want a job? We can help. OODWorks.com.